know, couldn't care less. He's probably been in tons of podunk towns traveling through on mercenary work. But for Graham, it's just like, this is a social situation that we must navigate correctly. And finger guns are not a part of it. But he doesn't <laughs> say anything. and welcome back to the role-playing rats live stream and podcast the game tonight is a tabletop role-playing game called riffs and the rule set is the savage worlds adventure edition aka suede reprising their roles this week we have icy macaw playing tyler the glitter boy pilot Kintaro playing slash the mars package mercenary soldier and revolver octorok playing graham the leyline walker the band of misfits is misguided by yours truly 5zf the game master and erstwhile narrator Thank you all for joining us, and if you're catching the podcast, thank you for tuning back in and downloading, liking, sharing, commenting, and doing all of those good things on your chosen platform. Last session, as they approached the 5,000-foot plateau of the Mountain Pass, they picked up a wideband distress call. A gang was at the gates of the North Pass to the barony of Pride's Shield. And without a moment's hesitation, Tyler took off at a sprint and Slash revved the rocket jets on his flying Titan to recon and report. That flying Titan can whip up an eyeball-crushing 400 miles per hour in the air. As the trio joined a swirling melee, they heard a baby crying in the cab of the burning truck. And then, disaster. A series of explosives rocked the mountain and brought a landslide crashing down. As the adventurers sought to control their adrenaline, the combatants, while digging themselves out and rescue the infant... The augmented sensor suites of the Glitter Boy picked up the sounds of more conflict at the main body of the refugee train back down the road. Our two power-armored soldiers tried their best to get there in time while Graham tried to salvage what he could of a crumbling situation. The combat was meaningful, and the finale was spectacular. I highly recommend visiting RoleplayingRats.com to listen to the full episode or check it out on your preferred platform if you missed the live. And it is in the aftermath of this struggle that we now join our heroes. It's high noon in the northern pass above the barony of Pride's Shield. The clear blue sky is sullied by thick, oily smoke from the blazing hull of the truck in front of the village. Graham, you stand looking at the burning cab of the truck, the speaker broadcasting the voice of the screaming baby beginning to distort as the flames consume the machinery. You see the body of the bandit that fell across the crates begin to catch flame as well, and you notice a small teddy bear next to the front tire of the cab. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going through Graham's mind as we take in this scene? I've also dropped one in chat there. Another another little speed painting. I'm kind of a fan of these now. Um, I think Graham is... He looks over that cab and looks and sees this teddy bear. And his very first thought is probably, you know, to, to a little almost a shock. Like, to who does that belong? Uh, especially when he thinks again, you know, reminds himself that that crying is just a recording. You know, that's, this is probably just another part of that deception, except for the part where that bear belonged to somebody at some point. And what does that mean? You know, who, who, who could that have been? And what trouble are they in today? That's, that's definitely a heavy pull. What trouble indeed. As you mull over the heavy weight that is now resting on Graham's mind. A hundred yards back down the road, slash, you hover over a scene of, well, chaos. The two smaller trucks have blood leaking out of them, and one is missing the upper half of the cab. 
disintegrated by the Glitter Boy's boom gun. The truck that took the brunt of the blast is spilling fluid out of the front, components obviously ruptured by the shockwave. You've got a bird's eye view of Tyler quickly shoving the chest panels of his armor open, grabbing a container off its belt, and running to the prone refugee on the ground. There's a dead bandit in the road, forgotten behind the half circle of people. As you eye-click the magnification up to 4x in your armor's HUD, you're pretty sure that the body Tyler is sprinting towards, the refugee in the center of the half circle, is the one who is asking for a break, the one who was walking with Graham. Can you tell us a little bit about what Slash makes of this scene as he's there hovering in the air? So as he looks over the chaos, just kind of trying to figure out where he needs to get to first, he, and he sees, you know, the guy down on the ground. He was the leader of the group, yeah? So he's going to slash, going to fly down to that and see if he can assist Tyler in any way. Hey. I think that's great. Uh, I wouldn't say Steven was the leader, but he was definitely the spokesperson at, at last, uh, you know, at last report. He was definitely the one who spent the most time walking and talking with Graham. And uh, you seem to recall vaguely that Graham may have uh, felt that that this refugee was maybe the head of the pack can make something of himself. And with that, Tyler, the gyro jets on the back of your glitter boy whine lightly in the background, and they're still cooling from their attempt to balance your last shot, despite the suit not being fully deployed for recoil damping. You can't really stop an automated system from automating. The refugees are in a loose half circle around you, with Sarah, the older woman you befriended, who lost her two daughters, crying at the front edge in the arms of a younger woman as you crouch over Steven. There's a bullet wound in his back, and can you please kick off the dice rolling of our session with the healing roll to stop him from bleeding out as Sarah chokes out? Save him, Ty. Don't let him die because of me. I don't think it was because of you, but I'll definitely get him fixed up. Give me just a second here. Um, and I will do a healing check on him. Do I get any uh, bonuses for like pulling you know, med kits out of the Glitter Boy to use for this? Yeah, I believe there is a bonus for the... The Glitter Boy pilot comes with a pretty robust med kit. Don't you have one of the robot kits? Or are you using a uh, traditional? I think that one's that one's on you there. I have the survival pack, and I don't know what was what exactly is in the Glitter Boy, or if there's anything additional, to be honest. So you can say, eh, there's nothing there. <laughs> well, no, I think the survival pack, that general, you know, the, um, sorry, brain fart, but that sort of all-in-one starter backpack has a, a med kit in there. I'm just not sure if that med kit provides a bonus or not. Can yeah, we first aid kit with first aid kit with three uses. Perfect. Okay, a good that place to start. The first aid kit, uh, three uses. See healing. Now it doesn't add additional, but I I can use th that there. So I'm gonna go ahead and roll that. And if anything goes sideways with that, we are definitely going to redo that roll with a Benny. <laughs> um, I think I need to have one more Benny as well. Oh yeah, everyone should be starting with three. Uh, at minimum, does everyone have a slash? You're at two, so let me drop one in for you. We thank you, sir. And Tyler, you're back up to three. All right, I'm immediately going to spend one of those because I want to see if I can get a raise on this. I succeeded, so I just got to take uh, better of the two. Uh, nope, I just get a six, so I'll I'll take a I'll take I succeed at healing him. I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely, and you you definitely do. It's a gunshot wound with a healthy exit wound. You feel like it had to be some kind of oversized round. And that's like it's it's a almost a catastrophic injury, but you do manage to stop his bleeding and stabilize our dear friend Stephen. There, can you give us a little little snapshot as as you're working or after you're working? You know, what's what's Tyler got running through his head here? We just came down off the higher firing boom gun. 
you haven't been able to do that for a few days, but now you have this traumatic situation where a friend was injured. Oh yeah, Tyler is pissed. I mean, just straight up pissed. He's uh he's out and healing, you know, um Steven because he's like, "Okay, I got to get the refugees." So as soon as I know that Steven is back up to good, um I just look over, you know, as as Slash comes down. Slash, your responsibility are these. I've got that guy. And I sprint back to my glitter boy and I start running after that truck. Okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna check with the um the hive mind here real quick. I believe only one semi truck got away, and that was after Slash shot at the driver. And the driver took some hits, fired back at Slash, and I, I believe it was just one rig that got away. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah, he uh I evaded those shots and yeah, they got away because he took my lasers like a champ and fired back. Yep. But at this point, Tyler doesn't know that because he was unconscious while all that was going on. So like when I when I tell you, I'm like, I'm going after that guy in that truck and I just start sprinting. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that's that's cool, man. So you're going to get back up into that armor slash, uh, you know, Tyler has made it pretty clear. What's up real quick as he takes off? I'm going to radio up to him. Hey, that guy in that cab, he took a hit like a champ. He's he's a little bit tougher than your normal guy. He's not just some bandit. So take it easy on it or don't take it easy on him. Well, uh, quick question. I'm, as I'm getting suited up and getting in the glitter boy, is he within range where I can get to him? So the, you know, the trucks were making up speed and it just was plowing through the little copes of trees. And so you don't think you can hear the truck engine anymore. So you'd have to get back in your glitter boy and run a sensor sweep really quick. No, I was, I was specifically asking Slash because he's, he's obviously got more of a overview of it. So I'm, I'm, I was asking him specifically, like, how, how close is he? Can I catch up to him? I'm going to shoot up into the sky real quick to see if I can still see him plowing through the trees. Sure, sure. All right. So Tyler's getting back in his glitter boy mountain up. You jump back up into the air. Uh, can you imagine the pressures on your body? I mean, going from zero to 400. I wonder what the acceleration is on that. That's anyway, be ridiculous. Yeah, right. So you jet back up and you can see on the far side of the copes of trees, because I assume you're just going to keep going up until you can see over them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can see on the far side of that copse of trees, there look to be three sinkholes in the ground. And you see two of them open, but one of them has looks to be collapsed. And there's there's dust and smoke rising from that collapsed tunnel. So would you say they're within range that he could catch up to them? You can't you can't see a truck. Uh, you can see churned up ground and the line of trees lines up with that middle tunnel that's been collapsed, but you, you can't see a truck anymore. And that tunnel is, that looks too solid, even for a glue boy to get through to chase down. Well, I don't think we can catch the truck, Tyler, but I know where they went so we can make our mo- way over there once we get these refugees situated. Uh, Tyler will just like pick his fist up and just like shake his fist of his glitter boy and be like, nah, we got more important things to do, I think. Uh, and I'll radio up to to Graham because uh, I know he was dealing with stuff, and I went unconscious for a while. Worth it, by the way. But uh, <laughs> uh, Graham, how how are things up there? Do you do you need some uh, help up there? We're uh, we're doing just fine. Don't got any more bandits to worry about. Cabs just smoking. I'll Did, be on my way back okay? now. There's no kid. That was a ruse. Oh, I don't like these bandits at all. No, they deserve bad things. Yeah. Well, I think I think. <laughs> All right, we're gonna. I think we're gonna start uh, fixing some stuff up. Uh, I I'm gonna start getting wait for Graham to get back, and then I think uh, we can set up 
kind of what we want to do to watch out, make sure no bandits are here, and then I think I need to start fixing up some vehicles and we need to keep moving. Sure. So it looks like there's, you know, Graham, as you're heading back and you hear Tyler over the comms, you're pretty sure that if the trucks go slowly, they can get around. You know, there was a lip of the road that was left outside of the landslide. And the the slope on the far side of that, again, wasn't dangerous. It was just a little steep. So if the trucks go slowly, they should all be able to get around that landslide and continue to the village. Uh, which And you can see the gates as you turn around to head back down. On the other side of the burning truck, you can see the gates of the North Pass, which you assume to be the North Pass. And I think my only other note here would be that there are, just for your reference, Tyler, as you're you're interested in the safety here, there are, we'll say, four other refugees, either, you know, maybe there's a couple older guys and maybe one, a couple wounded soldiers who are with your group who have have rifles and look like they know how to use them, who, who could be worth a damn. Okay, yeah, if there's, if, specifically, if there's anybody who um, looks like they've been hurt at all, um, I'll use, you know, my healing, my, my med kit on them, and that'll be the priority. After that, my priority is getting, you know, the couple vehicles that I blew the snot out of so they stop leaking fluid <laughs> and can, can drive until we can get them fixed up a little better. So that's kind of Tyler's priority right now. Now, I'll interject real quick. Tyler, after traveling with Graham, you would know that Graham does have access to a healing power. So you wouldn't need to use the charges on your uh, med kit unless somebody was like in imminent danger of death like you previously did already with uh, Steven. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, if if they can wait um, mm-hmm. until Graham gets here then, with Tyler knowing that, then I would just wait for gram to get down and i'd I'd radio to him and say hey we got a couple a couple people hurt that are going to need some healing when you get down here i'll i'll save you that actually tyler and this as you as you go to click the radio on gram you just hear the static of of someone trying to broadcast and slash as you're coming back down out of the air you hear the same that click and and that white noise tyler you're you're looking around and you realize that there aren't actually any fresh wounded there's the body outside of what was the half circle of refugees, he's, you know, being kicked by a child right now. Uh, and that's a, a bandit's body. And Tyler was the only person who was actually wounded with a gunshot wound. And he was shot in the back with the exit wound in his chest. So, it, you know, Stephen, yes, excuse me. And you do recall what Sarah said about don't let him die because of me. You presume that he jumped in front of her, but you're not sure why he's the only person wounded you know you heard gunshots you're just not sure what happened none of you were there yep and in the in the in between yeah i think i'd i'd look at sarah as i'm starting to pull together and look around at at what i need to fix up from a vehicle perspective uh sarah what what happened by the way well it wasn't pretty graham took off on a truck to go and help you two at the front like a like a good man should and steven kept us moving forward just like graham asked him to but one of the kids was smelling it, and then all the kids were smelling it, and then these men, we thought they were demons, burst out of the ground on either side of the road. And and then one of them was shouting, and they were all shooting in the air, and they started started taking everything we had. They kicked us off of the trucks, the elderly, the wounded, and then they took our vehicles, and they just, they weren't trying to hurt nobody, but... Steven made a move for one of them and they started to rough me up and try to take my mom's necklace and and they shot him. They just but but then 
the boss, I guess, he was wearing this bone white armor. He shot the guy who shot Steven. He's in the road over there. And he was wearing some of that coalition armor, but it was white, not black. And she breaks back down into tears at the end of that. And you're not sure you can get much more out of her. But I did drop a photo into the chat. And recall, she mentioned bone white, not black. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look at Sarah, too, and see if she's still wearing wearing the necklace or not. You, I, I presume as she was speaking, you may have glanced down and she does still have the necklace. Yes. Okay, good. And then is anybody else hurt in the group? No, no. As far as the refugees go, uh, Stephen was the only casualty. All right. I'll, uh, hearing that, uh, if Slash was close enough, um, I won't worry about telling him, but I'll, I'll relay that I heard the bone white armor, you know, kind of what that looked like and what Sarah told me. So they know, know what was going on and that we have uh, a lot of the shots were just, you know, shooting in the air to get people in line. And we have one dead bandit here. Well, one that got shot by the boss, uh, probably a couple more in the, the light trucks that I, I blew away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as you all start to take a tally there, you're pretty sure there's about seven bodies, maybe seven bandits, I should say. Count Steven. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then from there, um, I'll just, I'll just wait till Graham gets, gets down. Sure. So Slash, I presume you'll come back down out of the air once uh, you and Tyler kind of come to the consensus that you can't track anyone down through a collapsed tunnel. All right. So Graham, you're working your way back down the mountain and you come back up to the group and you see Steven there uh, bandaged. It looks like he's been stabilized. The glitter boy is speaking to the refugees and Slash is coming back down out of the air. What's your move as you recognize that it is Steven on the ground? Uh, we're going to, you know, walk up over to Steven. And uh, I think, what what state is he in right now? Is he conscious? Is he unconscious? He is still unconscious. He's been stabilized. If we follow the, the rule book there, he's been healed from, you know, stopped from bleeding out. So think, at this uh, point, you wouldn't be stabilizing wounds. You'd be you'd be bringing them back up. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll definitely uh, use the healing power on him. I think we'll, you know, sort of kneel down at his side, you know, sort of pop a, uh, down on the knees next to him. Be like, what what fool thing did you get into? Uh, even though he's, you know, totally not able to hear us. Um, and uh, I would like to use the healing power. Fantastic. So what does that look like from... You know, again, spell trappings, because this is, what are the visual cues for your healing power? I think it's definitely sort of a, a lay on hand situation. Um, range is touch anyway, so of course there's definitely some some physical component there. Um, and I think it, I think it more or less speeds up the body. So I think the only thing that you might notice if you were looking very closely is just uh, sort of maybe just a, a rush. Uh, or a flush across the skin. Um, I don't think it's super obvious. I don't think there's like a, you know, glow or anything like that. I think it's just um, tapping into something and, and speeding up the body's process like massively. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So go ahead and give us that roll and let's see if this cast is effective. I would, I would say so. Yeah. Was that two raises? That was yep. a, a raise and a raise. Yeah. Wow. So for those listening, he rolled a total of 13, which is, quite impressive and so that is uh 13 so success raise right so that yeah that is two raises on the die and 
So with one raise, it removes two wounds. It doesn't say anything about additional raises. And so I think uh, as long as you don't object there, Bram, I think we'll remove three wounds. And it like essentially just snaps him back to perfect health. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm down with it. I think uh, that's... Uh... Because well, you can only have three wounds, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So he's yeah. he's topped up. Yeah, I don't I don't need it to be like no, it removes four wounds, more wounds than you could possibly have. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Just uh, well, I think we should we ought to say that because it's uh, Stephen, because it's you know this sort of this person I've given a sense of responsibility to that I feel responsible for them. So of course. I had to, you know, I had to, I had to knock it out of the park. I had to be like, all right, you, I know we did the pep talk and, you know, I want you to see, you know, the potential that exists in all of us, but for God, God darn it, like, don't be a fool. And, uh, I think, I think we probably like say all of that under our breath. Uh, and then immediately when we're done with the, the healing spell, just give him a little smack on the cheek, just like tap him. Just, all right, up you go, up you go. I love that. I love that. And I, I like the idea that there are arcane words, essentially mumbo jumbo to, you know, Tyler and the refugees around and mixed in are the God damn it. I know we, uh, you know, more arcane words and, the, and it's, it's all scrambled in there. I think that's great. Yeah. It's like, I'd be so damn proud if you just didn't get shot. Oh, actually, that would be, <laughs> um, no, this is nothing here. Or so you little <laughs> bastard. Like, why you got to make me worry? Fantastic. So as you pat him on the cheek, as that rush, that, that brief glow that runs across his skin, his eyes pop open and he, he sucks in a deeper breath than the shallow breathing of the unconscious body. And his chest fills and his eyes look to you and go, oh God, what? That? Yeah, You're yeah, back. Welcome back to the land of the living, kid. <laughs> and he says, yeah, uh, didn't realize I'd left. What happened? Bandits, you're here. And oh, yeah, yeah, there's the glitter boy. Okay, so the bandits are dead. They're all dead, right? Hey, we're assholes. Hey, it's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it over trail mix. And uh, I reach down a hand uh, to pull him back up to his feet and be like, oh, come on, you're, you're sitting around on the job. He's, you know, rubbing at his chest with one hand and slowly reaching for your hand with the other. He's coming to terms with the fact that there is no longer a gaping wound uh, in his in his chest cavity. And so Tyler, or let's uh, Slash, are you back at, back at seat? Yeah, I'm back at seat. Okay, great. So we're going to step to Slash here. You've witnessed a very powerful healing by all counts. Tyler is speaking to the refugees. You are working your way back down out of the air. What's, what's your next move here? I'm going to fly down and just talk to Tyler and Graham and see what we need to do because we need to get these trucks running. We need to get the refugees rounded up and everybody who needs to be healed, healed, and we need to get moving again. So sure. we're so, to get going, guys. Perfect. So Tyler, uh, you know, you finish your fact finding with Sarah slash lands. Graham has made, you know, made it back and he's, he's done this lay on hands with Steven. Your next priority is the vehicles, correct? Yes, it is. Okay, fantastic. So what we're going to do at this point is in Fantasy Grounds, I'm going to drop the loot into uh, the, is it the character window here? Uh, the party sheet inventory. Yep, here we go. Bandit loot stuffs and fire. All right. So I've dropped the loot into the parcel items there. So that's there. And we don't need to deal with that right now. 
So moving to the vehicles, it's just, you know, you'll be pulling these bodies out of the vehicles and you'll be working on the machinery. So I wanted to get that part out of the way. For the vehicles themselves, there are two civilian style pickup trucks. One of them is a hover truck. One of them is a wheeled vehicle. So Tyler, as you're, you know, pulling them back up the slope to the road and trying to take a look at what all's broken, what's not, probably pulsing a scan or two through it with the armor, you're feeling like you might only be able to get one of these running again. And then there's also the semi-truck that Slash took out the driver and passenger on uh, that was making its way away from the camp. And then there's the second rig that left with the leader, and there's the third rig that Graham came back on. So you for sure have two working rigs, albeit a little bit messy, and you have two civilian pickup trucks with the windows blown out and the tops blown off. I think you can only get one of them running. What relevant skill do you have to, and Slash, you know, since you're down there helping him, Graham, I presume you probably wouldn't be the most mechanically inclined at this point, but Tyler and Slash, what skills do you have that you would be using too? I've got a six on repair. And uh, Graham actually has a jack of all trades. So if he can watch somebody working on something for a while, um, we can make a smarts roll to basically give us a D4 in that skill um, or a D6 with a raise. So potentially I could be as useful as um, uh, Slash at repairing something. Yep. And Tyler Tyler actually has both a um, edge and has a D8 plus two because of that edge for repair. Wow. All right, so our group is actually very equipped to deal with the situation. <laughs> so, Tyler, if you could go ahead and make me a repair roll, and then Slash, I'm going to have you also make me a repair roll. Uh, Tyler, with his Glitter Boy, is probably just hauling the you know the two civilian trucks back up onto the street, and then Slash, you're probably looking at that second rig that was stopped with the bodies to make sure it's whole and ready to go. And then, Graham, do you need to make a smarts roll to watch someone work with the jack of all trades or is it just after that then it's a smarts roll so yeah it's i have to be either observing or studying a subject or a discipline um and then after it doesn't say the length of time i have to be studying it just says uh you can figure out given a little time and a dash of luck so if i can watch them work i could make a smarts roll to try and see if i understand enough about what they're doing to be of use yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, you know, you you can watch them both pulling up the hood, picking around, seeing what's going, what's not. Uh, vehicle engines are actually relatively straightforward if you aren't actually stripping them down, trying to get the parts back together. So it looks like we have a six from Tyler and a five from Slash. Both of those are going to be successes. So Slash, your rig looks like it can definitely run again. It was driving and it just cruised down to a grinding halt and then cut off. You're pretty sure it just stalled out because the driver was dead. For Tyler, for your piece, it you, you really feel like that first truck could run again, but it's going to overheat because essentially all the fluids were just, just crushed out of it when the piping cracked due to the shockwave. And that's the one that was next to you when you fired. The other truck that is now a convertible top looks like it can definitely run again. It too looks like it just coasted forward until the engine couldn't get through the soft soil anymore and it ground to a halt. The engine idled itself out. So you feel fairly confident that second one can run. All right. With the uh, big rigs that we have, can we put the uh, truck that's not running onto one of those? Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely just, I don't think you'd even need the help of Slash. The Glitter Boy could probably just pick up that first civilian truck and put it on the flatbed 
of uh, either of the running rigs. All right, I'll go ahead and do that. So once we get to a spot, we can get some parts and some fluids and, and fix it back up. So that way the refugees still have it. There's also the question of, uh, is there anything that we could salvage vehicle-wise from the cab that they laid the ambush with? I mean, and that that's like, while watching Slash and Tyler work, that is something that I would I would voice to them. Be like, we should check to see if there's anything we can get out of that. Absolutely. I, once we get up there a little bit, I'll I'll take a look. Okay, great. So one of the civilian trucks is loaded onto uh, one of the big rigs, and one of the civilian trucks is running. Both rigs are operable. The one that Graham rode up on and back on ended up saving that vehicle, and the other rig that Slash was cleaning up there. You're really surprised at how much blood is in two human bodies. That boom gun man did some work. So we've got the load up. We've got the refugees shaken, but ready to continue. Where are we at, gentlemen? I think uh, once we've got everything loaded up, alley ho up to uh, at least the vehicle up there. And like Graham was mentioning, we can we can all take a look and see if we can salvage anything. Maybe some of the fluids we can get out of there and piping to repair the other truck and eventually. And uh, from there, get up to what, what do you guys think we want to do here? Um, with those bandits, uh, if they went into a cave system and collapsed the entrance to kind of keep us out of there, we might be safe here, or do we want to keep going a little bit further to get out of range? I think we uh, pick up stakes and put a little bit of distance, but we don't need to go too much farther today. We weren't planning on going too much further than when we got into this mess, so I think we put in another another hour or so, get a, just a few more miles away, you know, two or three. I don't think those bandits are coming back. I don't. I think they well understand that they're not looking to mess with a glitter boy and a flying titan. Yeah, I agree. We should uh, definitely keep moving a little ways from here, since we were planning to anyway, until those assholes, for a better term, interrupted our trip. So yeah, let's get them going and let's keep moving for a little bit. And uh, like, what time of day is it? Like, where where are we in uh, the day? Like, would we have been setting up camp soon anyway? No. So it's a little bit past noon. By your reckoning and that's right, that's uh, right yeah tyler and slash you you have clocks on your huds so it's about 12 46 right now it was high noon at the beginning of last session you went through this combat we've you know spent about 20 minutes with graham getting back and then we were hauling vehicles up onto the road getting everyone situated to go so it's about quarter to one in the afternoon you had a little more travel to go but it has been a hectic day and then graham you do recall that the village is it's past the truck and around the corner so about 600 yards distant because the combat was about 200 yards forward or 400 yards forward and then the the gates were just beyond where that slew truck was the bandits really did do their job right in front of the gates gotcha okay then with that in mind i think i tell him was like let's at least get them moving get them over to that that village or those ruins whatever they are we'll take take stock there and if it's a good enough spot that we can defend if they come back in the night then maybe we collectively decide if we want to you know put down stakes there if it doesn't seem like a viable option then we can put a more a couple more hours in after a little bit of rest i think uh i think everyone maybe deserves a little break sounds good to me all right i'll hop back in my glitter boy and then once i get up to the truck i'll um hop out and see if we can salvage anything from it sure okay so the refugee train moves up the road glitter boy moves up to the fore and uh tyler can you can you just what what are you feeling right now as you're walking up ahead of the group back up to the site of the original what you thought was a bandit attack on uh, another group of civilians you know what's what's going through your head as you come around the corner to that scene 
of the flaming truck and or now now smoking truck it's been probably another half hour or so and the landslide and you can still see the divot next to the flatbed where your glitter boy was buried up to its waist what's what's running through your head really the biggest thing at this point is you know getting into a battle of this magnitude which i really haven't been in before you know the big bad guy that needs to get taken care of as fast as possible might not be right in front of me so kind of thinking through on how Tyler can kind of think through this and be like, all right, do I need to be right here or do I need to be looking behind us at, at what's going on to make sure that he's keeping everybody safe as best as possible? And a little bit of anger at himself for, for kind of failing the, the refugees a little bit. Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty powerful medicine there. So as you come around the corner to the truck, the, the rig that was set on fire, uh, you know, there's that strip of a road that's along the landslide. So you, you walk right up to the truck. Tyler ahead of the rest of the train. Graham, I assume you return to your position walking with people at the head. Uh, you know, you know Stephen is healthy, but there are obviously a few of the refugees who are quite shaken because it's been a relatively quiet march, except for that one night on the hillside about a week ago where the bandits attacked you in the woods. And this is just from first the giant worm and and now this ambush. There are definitely a few refugees who are feeling it. Where are you at? Yep, you, you hit it on the head. He's definitely walking, uh, not even, I would say, at the head of the refugees. You know, he's going to let, you know, either some of the men-at-arms or uh, Stephen and, like, Tyler and Slash be up front. Um, he's going to walk amongst the refugees, and he's definitely, like, multiple times per this walk doing head counts, like, just double-checking oh. all the numbers. Um, and then just sort of walking through and, you know, a hand on the shoulder here, uh, a little, I suppose, like a smile does not translate through these uh, huge uh, Leyline Walker masks. No. Um, I think, I think in, because he knows that, I think he instead, like, there's a couple more, like, clap on the backs to people on occasion uh, as he walks past. And he just, like, wiggles his eyebrows at him, just, like, gives him a double raise uh, just to be like... We're good, right? Yeah, we, we did it. We're we're all here. We're all together. Yeah. And the the head count is almost almost like a nervous nervous tick. Oh, hundred percent. Okay. All right, great. And then uh slash, just real quick, are are you back up in the air? Are you walking with the glitter boy? Are you walking with the refugees? Where are you at, Slash? I'm gonna be just up in the air a little bit, a little bit behind the glitter boy, a little bit uh ahead of the group if he's up ahead of the group then. And just kind of keeping an eye ahead of us so I can see anything coming if there's anything that uh, Tyler himself can't see ahead of us. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, Tyler, you roll up to the truck and uh, could you just make me a, I don't really have a notice. Oh, yeah. Notice. Yeah. Can you make me a notice roll as you, as you roll up and you're perfect with a, oh man, with an ace. Okay. Eight. Fantastic. So an eight is one raise over a basic success. And with that notice, you see that the fire and flame damage was actually mostly superficial. And that is, you know, there's a lot of salvageable material on the truck because there was almost no fire within the hood. You know, the paint is peeled, the old blue paint of that truck. It was an old flame paint job on, a, on an old big rig. And the paint's peeled and blackened and bubbled. But it looks like they laid maybe cloth or grass or something fibrous across the hood and the roof and uh, it was lit on fire so you're fairly certain you can probably just rip the guts out of that hood 
and maybe get to the village. And you too, now that you're standing at the truck as you look over with less smoke in the air, you can see the gates of that northern pass just ahead of you there. All right. Well, once I get up there, like I said, I'll get get out of uh, the Glitter Boy, start salvaging what I can. And then when the trucks get up here, kind of throw it on. And then, um, hey, Slasher or Graham, do you want to check what was in the boxes in the back and see if there's anything useful in there? I'm doing this. Yeah, I'll uh, jump on. I'll come back down and start going through the boxes in the back to see what's in them. Okay, fantastic. So as Tyler starts to work his way through the hood of that semi or that rig there um, quite successfully, Slash, you get up onto the crates and you see the, the crispy remains of Bandit who was on the back of the crates and uh, you realize that Graham may have been there while this body burned, but this is the gentleman that you shot in the back and fell over the crates. You start to bust those open. It's no issue with your power armor as Tyler starts to pull pieces out of the out of the truck and realize he's actually just reaching in with his hands and, and snapping pieces up, but you know that a power armor pilot knows his way around some machinery, so you're not too worried about it. It just seems very aggressive. Maybe he's letting off some steam. As you bust the crates open, you see that all five of them are empty. There's nothing in any of the crates on the back of the truck. Well, um, Tyler, we don't got nothing in any of these. They didn't have anything with them. So it was just a diversion to keep us away. Man, I am not happy with these bandits. Can you make me a smarts roll, Tyler? I can certainly do that. Good grief. <laughs> that would be an 11 with an ace. Yeah, a, a very healthy roll there with that ace. And, uh, you know, you flipped the hood up and you actually kind of kind of bent it too far, ripped it off one hinge as you were just, again, just sort of letting off some of that pressure. And you see that the body that was on top of the hood, there was, if you recall, there was one body on the ground with the door hanging loosely on a hinge and one body on the hood. And you see that that body on the hood is actually just a bundle of the same material that's on the hood. And it looks like the head is just, was just a ball of meat on a stick. And now it's charred and blackened. You you don't think that was a person, and you don't think the other body that's now buried by the landslide was a person at at all. With that raise there, you you feel very confident that this was a setup, especially since Graham told you that there was no child. It was just a a device. Well, it's I, been itching at the back of your mind, and now you're sure. Yep. Yeah, I'll take a look at that that meat that was on the stick. Now that it's been cooked, does it look like it's edible? Oh yeah, that's definitely some charred pork right there. You knock off the blackened on the outside, and you're you're probably fine. All right, so I'll I'll set that aside and uh, might eat that a little later. <laughs> I, I think Graham will let Tyler have the bandit meat. <laughs> <laughs> does does the glitter boy have spell sensors? I wonder now. Would you know it was pork? That looks kind of tasty there, Tyler. <laughs> well, at least of we got course, some... Slash would eat it, being a mercenary. I mean, it looks edible, so why not? We'll, we'll see what happens afterwards. In the inside of his cockpit there. Modulation is fantastic. So, Tyler, you're pulling pieces out of that hood. Slash, you found the empty uh, empty crates, and you're kind of standing there watching Tyler pick up the meat, hold it up to the Glitter Boy helmet, and then set it aside like he's going to save that. And there's the comment. Graham, you're coming up with the refugee train. You're now starting to work them along the landslide. I presume it would be... You know the trucks creeping along with people, the able-bodied on the on the low side watching the wheels. As traditional rock crawling slash four by four wheeling goes, so definitely a little bit of like you know idle encouragement as they move along. You know, sort of watch watch your step, everyone. You know, 
Be careful. Help those with you. Help the elderly, the young, etc. Mm-hmm. And and with every affirmation that you give, every sort of mention, the the people look to you and smile and nod. And then uh, Tyler, as they're going past behind you along the front of that truck, because they do have to dogleg around you to get back to the road, you notice you you didn't notice at first but after about the sixth or seventh refugee you notice that each of them is touching a hand to the back of your thigh which is as as high as they can reach on the glitter boy some of them reach the hip but they're they're touching you almost like a a football team touching a sign as they run out onto the pitch and you know slash you see this going on you see graham speaking to them and how do you feel about this as you see these you recognize sort of these, um, these. I'm, I'm sorry, I've lost the word, but these rituals, as you see these rituals going on, you see them nodding to Graham and thanking him, smiling him. You see them looking over and smiling at you, and you see them touching Tyler's armor as they move along towards the village gates. What's going through your head? Just glad that we could keep these people protected and that it really shows that they appreciate that we're helping them move along, and it makes me want to just keep them protected and make sure they get to where they need to get to before we go move on with what we're doing. Nice. And I, I feel like that speaks to who slash is as a human being. You know, you, you talk a lot about him being a mercenary that comes up every session, sort of the gun bunny of the group. But I, I think that it gives us, you know, peels back a layer of the onion. Then. So as we move forward, Tyler, the, the, you know, one of the rigs starts to roll past and you just pick up this, arm load double arm load of machine parts out of the hood of the burned rig or what you thought was a burned rig it was just a ruse a trap and you drop it into the bed of the smaller truck that's on top of the big rig because the rest of the room has been taken up by the elderly and the you know combat wounded from the tolkien war the the wounded refugees and with that i think that we move on to the gates of the village does that sound about right to everyone sounds right sounds right so we come up to the gates here. Slash, did you get back in the air, or are you going to walk up with the group? I'm going to walk with the group for now, since we're so close to the gate. Okay, fantastic. There's no one at the gates of North Pass, and it's not like it's a gate that's closing off the mountain pass, but it's rough-cut stone, white stone from the surrounding valley. There's some clay, some marble, some just odd, odd different mix of stone cut from around the surrounding valley that's thrown together to make sort of a gate and it's nothing that could keep anyone out it's more symbolic it's an archway with two walls on either side as you walk up to it and as you get through you see that this village quote unquote because it's not ruins the village is very small there's a few large warehouses small bar you think down at the end of the road about 50 yards away but in the foreground is a two-story longhouse with rooms painted neatly over the door all caps R-O-O-M-S. And there are various smaller dwellings lining the streets and nothing approaching an orderly fashion. But there are a few beat-up vehicles in town and they all look pretty damaged as you look at them trundle through the street. And maybe at the edge of usefulness? And there are several horses, but they're all old. This town is so small, you don't actually have to be in the air slash. But there's a map now dropped into our Fantasy Grounds chat. You guys can kind of see what you're looking at. You've entered on the lower portion of the road. So what was that description? You said we're coming in from which area? So you're coming in from the bottom of this photo. You're coming in from the north side. Again, we're heading north to south down towards New Mexico. And so off to the left, those are some trees and a rocky field in a in a lower portion of the mountain uh, mountain shoulder. 
Off to the right, you've got a couple of hills and, and peaks as the rocks rise up there to the right. And then we have the road and a few, the few large warehouses, the smaller buildings. I'm just going to grab a... Uh, can I get a pen here? Bam. Drawing and enter drawing mode. So this here is that long house with rooms painted on it. And you can see it's painted on the short edge of this structure. If you look to the, the top right of the map, I've drawn a little arrow at the corner. And then you think that might be a bar almost directly across the street from the building with rooms painted on it. But the rest of the structures, again, ramshackle, odd shapes, have no dis no signs on them or anything like that. And the three large warehouses, you assume, elephant barns, no signs again, no labels, nothing. And there's a couple small vehicles. I'll draw an X here in that intersection up to your right. There's a couple small vehicles moving through town, one moving out and one moving up away from you, but they, they are rattling along at a whopping 10 to 15 miles an hour. They are not moving quickly at all. Just a, barely operational. Okay, but this is this is definitely not kind of a, the ruins that we originally thought were here. It's kind of actually a like a little village type of idea. Correct. It is a little village, and you do recall Slash not getting a clear reading. So it was either ruins or a small village, and it turns out it's a small village, just a very poorly built one. It's you're you're not sure what kind of guardianship this village could have provided to the Barony of Pride Shield. Hey, you do your best in the apocalypse. That that sums it up, folks. Uh, what? Well, let's go in and uh, see if we can maybe get some the rest of the supplies we need to fix the last truck. Figure out where we're at and uh, how far we're away from Pride Shield, and uh, see what the uh, refugees want to do, and see if we can put them up for the night somewhere uh, in town, potentially, like in uh, one of the barns or something like that. What do you guys think? You know what, Tyler? I don't care what Slash says about you. You're not a dummy. <laughs> Well, he might not be wrong entirely, but, uh, you know, uh, we do our best, like you said, when during the apocalypse. And then I think that Graham, like, makes a show of, like, well, I'm just joking with you. That he doesn't say that. I, I, at least I don't think so. Not to me, anyway. Like, just over-explaining that it's a joke, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, almost, you know, awkwardly, right? Like, to the point where it's just, okay. All right, fantastic. So you head into the village. The cars stop in the street. It's th There weren't a lot. There were probably three vehicles moving. But as the Glitter Boy strolls into town, the cars stop where they are. The one guy on his horse is kind of just sitting there, slack-jawed, leaning on the horn of the saddle. And you make your way over to the rooms building or the bar building. There are vehicles parked in front of both and horses parked in front of both. And again, there's no, no vehicle or horse that's worth writing home about. But there's no activity in the houses. There's doesn't look to be any kind of even a general store here. It's a it's a little odd. Just sort of the three large warehouse buildings, the rooming house, and the inn. Everything else looks like a residence, you're pretty sure. I mean, honestly, if there was anyone in the street, you know, like just passing by on like the, the vehicles of the horses, particularly the horses, since they could, you know, more easily maybe hear us, I think would have pointed out one to Tyler and be like, flag that gentleman down and ask him if there's any services in town, maybe. All right. There's no need to flag that horse and man are just there's one guy on a horse. The other three things moving in town are vehicles and he's sitting there slack jawed watching you. The glitter boy, they aren't looking at the refugee train. They are staring at you. Walk up to him. All right. I'll walk. I'll walk right up to him uh, unless he takes off bolting and I'll uh, get up close to him. And I'm actually going to open the front of the glitter boy while I'm sitting in there. 
so I can talk to him directly. That's perfect. I, I love that idea, that sight of like just giant power armor trundling over to this dude on a horse and then it cracks open. I'll be like, uh, excuse me, I uh, wondered if I can ask you a question. He sits there and he, he doesn't actually respond. He just nods. Uh, where where can I go to uh, possibly get some uh, supplies and see if we can uh, find a spot for, for my friends back here to, to sleep for the night? Hey, uh... Graham waves from back over by the refugees. He, you see his eyes shift over as he goes, uh, and he comes back to you. You're, are you a real glitter boy? Uh, that I am. That I am. Did you, did you fight a thousand years ago? Or, I mean, maybe it was like a hundred, but no one's real clear on the details. Are you like a real glitter boy? I'm one of the newer generations of glitter boys. Uh, not, I keep to the same ideals from back then. Uh, so if you you're familiar with them, I'm on the same side as them. Uh, but no, I didn't I didn't fight the uh, the demons that came through and all that fun stuff. It'd been great to be there to make a difference, but I'll do what I can now. I don't <laughs> I, I don't think great be the word. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just thinking. Just like I don't think anyone would really want to be there, except for Tyler. Tyler definitely would want to be there. I get that. Word. I don't think great would be the word, but. Uh, I, I guess it'd be tough to be alive, uh, uh, you know, more than 99 years later, 100 or 1,000, whoever, whoever be counting. Uh, what, what, what was your question again? Uh, <clears throat> sir, sir, Glitter Boy, sir, uh, I'm just wondering where we can, uh, go to get some services here. So my, my, uh, train back there is going to need a place to sleep and, uh, maybe need some supplies and wondering where I can go to chat with someone about that type of stuff. Uh, sure. You, you know, the bar's probably the best place. That's that's kind of where everyone gravitates to. We got quite a few people coming through town, and, you know, we got bandits on the road. Uh, did you did you all run into them? Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, there's a few less of them. Oh, well, now that's good to hear. They've been plaguing us for a couple of days now, and it's it's been a mess. But head on into the bar. There'll be someone there who can probably help you out. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, uh, if you uh, see any of those bandits, uh, you you can probably find me pretty quick. And again, my name's Tyler, and I'll uh, I'll go to the bar. And I'm guessing because they have horses, they've got a place to tie up the horses. And I'm gonna get out of my glitter boy, close please, it up. Please tell me that you're gonna tie up your. I <laughs> I was yep. I I grab a rope and I tie it around my hand, and then I tie it to the 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 horse tie up uh, post, and then. Uh, you know, wave over to Slash and Graham, and um, I probably uh, radio over to to Graham. Hey, do you want to like have them stop like in that green area, just just to the south of the uh, inn, and have them kind of hold up there for just a little bit till we figure out what's going on? I think I think it takes a second for for Graham to respond because you know you're, he's not that far away. We we have moved the entire train into the town, so we're not far behind. And I'm watching you tie up yourself. Basically, in, in the way that Graham thinks about it, it was like, you are the power armor. Uh, and then step out. And so, much like the yokel, I think he takes a minute before you can register your question. Uh, and then he will flag over uh, Stephen again and be like, all right, uh, get our, our boys and these vehicles off to the side here. And you know, we'll, we'll circle up the metaphorical wagons for a minute. See what's what in this town. All right. Very cool. The uh, you see the man on the horse ride off as you you know start to go through your tying up there, Tyler, 
and he actually stops at the house across the street at your one o'clock from the bar, and he goes, Oi, Reba, I done met a real glitter boy. <laughs> just out there in the street, just shouting at the house. He doesn't go up, knock on the door, nothing. And as we move forward there, the refugee train pulls up to that space with the star. You know, the trucks get parked, the people get organized. They kind of kind of settle into their spot. There's one or two of the men and one of the women who are kind of like, oh, yeah, bar, I'm going to I'm going to head over there. And the rest just seem happy to be in a safe, quote, quote, space. And so, Slash, are you going to keep your flying Titan on? You're just about human sized if you drop your wings down. If uh, if I recall, you know, the power armor is fairly tightly fitting. It kind of kind of spans the gap between body armor and power armor. And you see Tyler going through his ritual there as he pushes the chest plates open, gets out and eyes it to the post. And, uh, you know, and Graham's uh, walking. Wait, wait, wait. Bar. I, I hate to interrupt, but can we establish that uh, Glitter Boy power armors, not unlike modern cars, have like a clicker? <laughs> to lock and unlock can can he please make a meep meep right outside this bar i i I was gonna get to that as i go as i you know get out of the glitter boy i tie it up i grab my my clicker exactly like you said and i'm like all right good horse now you stay beep beep and then i i turn around and i like flare my legs out like bow-legged riding a horse and i start strutting myself into the bar Jesus Christ, it's perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, so Graham, where where are you? Like as Tyler is about to push the bar doors open, where are you? And they are definitely swinging saloon doors in the classic sense. I had my own idea of a little bit of like a, a little scene for for Graham while this is happening. I think yeah, we we talked about the 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 head count and that being sort of like a nervous tick. I sure. think that. Uh, Graham like tries to reach into his his robes and his armor somewhere, um, and is looking to grab. Uh, uh, I think he I think he legitimately probably had a clipboard that had all of the refugees, all of the men at arms, Graham uh, himself, Tyler, and, and Slash on it, and like just has like their names, you know, uh, probably like age, like a few pieces of information, you know, relations in the refugee train, and I think that he probably left it on one of the trucks and it probably got taken. Uh, So like he, he, that's Mm. why he was especially doing this, this head count constantly because he doesn't have his clipboard to like check him off with anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think he suddenly remembers he like pulls out a tiny little notepad, like just a a memo pad uh, and is furiously like recreating it basically in like the tiniest shorthand. (laughs) Uh, Just, just like just whipping through it. Uh, and he doesn't want, it's, it's difficult for him in this moment because he doesn't want to leave the refugees alone, but he also doesn't trust Tyler to not cause a scene anywhere he goes, basically. Uh, so I think he's like hustling from that grassy area to the entrance of the bar to try and make it in the doors as quickly on the heels of Tyler as possible while still, like he's he's walking, writing, and looking back like every two seconds. Nice, that's fantastic. And Slash, are you keeping your armor on, or are you? And where are you? Are you sort of on Tyler's heels? You know, Tyler's obviously point man here. Um, you know, you were sort of walking with the group. So have you? Are you going to head into the bar? Or are you going to stay with the refugees? Where are you at? And are you staying in your armor? I'll uh, if I can get a second. I'm going to actually get out of the armor and 
I just kind of shake my head as Tyler walks into the bar, just kind of laughing as that's <laughs> pretty hilarious to me. But my armor also, I close it up and I have a little clicker too that <laughs> will kind of lock it. It's next to Tyler's, but it's not quite as glorious or as uh, showy, but it's it's there next to it. Just, you know, kind of rude to go inside with such a huge honking thing on. So. And you don't, and you don't talk to it. You don't say "good horse." Now stay. No, I just, I just <laughs> pose it up and click it lock so it doesn't get stolen by some bandit. Great, Tyler, you bust through. I assume you're doing the two door push, two hands, Aragorn. You know, slamming those doors open into the saloon. John Wayne stepping into the bar. What are we looking at here? Yeah, Tyler, Tyler, like coming into town, and there's, there's, you know, people riding horses and stuff. He's just. He just got into it. It it's perfect. And so yeah, somebody somebody already made you a celebrity basically when we got here. <laughs> and that's a part of the reason why I think Graham is like hyper aware of not wanting you to do things alone. <laughs> so yeah, I, I full on slam the doors open and I, I step into the room and I just slowly, you know, squint my eyes and slowly look around the room. Fantastic. And looking back at you are a couple tables of people playing cards, a couple tables of people hard drinking. You notice that one of them is all women. They are like there are empty shot glasses littering that table. And there's a couple old cats at the bar, you know, the, the old bar flies. And there's nobody playing a piano. There's nobody standing, you know, up on the stairs looking down at you, no madams or anything. But there's the, the three or four or excuse me, five or six tables, because it was a couple playing cards and a couple uh, hard drinking. And there's a bartender behind the bar. And so, you know, you got about 14, 15 people who kind of snap up, go. And then uh, from there, as I look around, uh, I'm going to look back as, uh, you know, Graham and Slash come in and kind of stand up straight and be like, all right, uh, I think we need to, to talk to some people and figure out where we can put people up. Yeah, I think as soon as you did the dramatic, like, double open of the doors, uh Graham's pace like accelerates just nervously like nah. <laughs> uh yeah no i think uh let's 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 have a drink as it were i think uh i think we deserve one all right so i'll i'll walk up to the bar and i'll i'll kind of wave at the people as i'm walking in like oh hey nice to meet you nice to meet you and uh pull up a stool at the bar and uh kind of do finger guns at the two old je- the, the two or however older gentlemen are there and nice to meet you and uh Look at the uh... very seriously considers slapping your finger guns out of the air. <laughs> Slash is just laughing, <laughs> just having like having a great time watching like, Tyler. Absolutely, and you know, I I don't think it's like anything against him. I think Graham is just like very uh, anxious about this situation in here, whereas like Tyler is absolutely not, obviously, and Slash probably, you know, couldn't care less. He's probably been in tons of podunk towns traveling through on mercenary work. But for Graham, it's just like, this is a social situation that we must navigate correctly. And finger guns are not a part of it. But he doesn't <laughs> say anything. Uh, and I'll, I'll look at the bartender. Uh, could you uh, could you get a drink for me and my, uh, my compatriots here? And uh, once we got that, I got... Uh... Got some questions about uh, services and things in town. If you could, you could help us with it. The bartender you see doesn't just move his eyes. He like turns his whole head to look at your glitter boy out the window, looks back at you and he doesn't nod. He doesn't say a word. He just leans over 
and comes up with two bottles and sets them on the counter. He doesn't pull out glasses or anything. He just sets two bottles on the counter. I'll, as he as he looks out, I'll turn around and uh, look back and like, oh, you like my horse, Patty? <laughs> he he looks back. He goes, Patty? Yeah. And keeping Graham goes, Patty. <laughs> well, every horse needs a name, right? Yeah, yeah, Tyler. Yes. Yeah, and the bartender's right there with you, Graham. Yeah, every horse needs a name. Yeah. Mm. And then he goes down the bar and he leans over and starts whispering to one of the old guys. <laughs> uh, I'll look at the bottles and um, you know Tyler's Tyler's it's mainly whiskey. been yeah he's he's not been a big go to the bar type of person. He's been mainly uh you know. Kind of his background is repairing stuff. He's a big repair person. He's helped out. You know, he's got healing and that type of stuff because he likes to to help people. And and mainly through that, he's you know kind of gotten where he's he's been. Um, and he's he's gonna look back at Graham and Slash and and just go, what are we supposed to? Are we just supposed to drink it straight from the bottle? Like, what what do I do? Slash just grabs one of the bottles out of his hand. Pops the top off it and takes a big swig of it and says, Whoo, some good stuff. Hands it back to him. Tyler Tyler looks down at the bottle and looks at Graham like with questioning eyes and then puts it to his mouth and then takes a big swig. And I'm I'm guessing because he's not a huge like gone to the bar, done that type of stuff, uh he it he ends up in a choking fit. I think while before you did it. And when you look at Graham, I think Graham's got a very similar look on his face because, like, his world is academia. You know, he spent <laughs> years at college in Tolkien. You know, that was his place of work. He was around students, you know, like trying to act as a role model. Uh, so I think he's probably the exact same boat. Like, maybe as a young man, he did more drinking. But, like, this is not this is not his game either. So I think you guys both have the same look on your face. And if he sees you just start getting into a hacking fit, I think he just holds up a hand of like, no, I'll pass. Thank you. I'll nice. Come back up slapping the counter. Laughs. <laughs> slapping the counter and peeing like, <coughs> good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Slash, you don't, you don't flinch at all. No, Slash's delivery is like cast iron. Like you, you think it really is good stuff when you go into that. There you are hacking afterwards. Oh, man. So with with that in mind, you're you're all there. We have the scene over the the bottles, and the bartender pulls off of the two old guys and and goes in back. Not it's not hurried or anything suspicious. He just you know gets up, grabs a couple glasses, two handfuls of glasses, and and walks off into the back. The two old guys are kind of sitting there looking at you out of the corners of their eyes, and everyone at the tables has kind of just gone back to what they're doing. Uh, Mister uh, Bartender. Uh, uh... By the way, I'm I'm Tyler. Uh, uh, had a had some questions for you about. Uh, we got a whole group of people coming with us. We're kind of gonna end up moving through town, uh, but we need to be uh, set up for a little bit. Um, talked to a gentleman out out on the road. Said this would be the best place to come figure out where we can set set some people up. And <laughs> bartender, <laughs> the bartender jumps in as you're coughing there and says, "Yeah." Yeah, talk to talk to old Glenn there. He'll he'll set you straight. I gotta get washing these dishes here. And you know he nods his head over, and it's the older guy nearest to you. I think uh, Graham will will grab the 
second bottle that has not uh, presumably been opened yet uh, and walk over and set it down over by this this older gentleman. Be like, you like whiskey, old Glenn? <laughs> old Glenn? Kind of. He's he's not even looking at you, Graham. He's staring at the glitter boy. And you walk up, you set the bottle down, and it's until you say, like, he doesn't, he's still not looking at you. And then you say, you like whiskey, old Glenn? And his eyes snap to you, and he reaches over and grabs that. And he uh, he's like, yeah, I love it. What's going on? Uh, just based off of your little uh, portrayal of him there, does this individual look pretty sauced up already, or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely looks like he's been going. He's a day drinker for sure. That's right. It's probably like what one PM right now? Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's it's like just after lunch. You know, this is this is one glass of wine out of the office time. This is not two bottles deep, you know, middle of the day time. All wrong. Uh I think uh so, well, Glenn, sir. Uh my name is Graham, and I'm traveling with these fine compatriots here. My good associate, Mr. Froman, and our esteemed uh, colleague slash, uh, and uh, we hear that uh, you're a man with uh, some means and some, uh, some supplies and perhaps equipment that uh, travelers like ourselves may be in uh, in the market for, as it were. Well, I don't know about all of that. I live down the end of the street, but I tell you what. By all means, sir, please tell me what. We don't got much of nothing. Yeah. No, the bandits no, blew surely. through here, and and I mean it was just a couple of days ago, but the bandits blew through here, and they took just about everything that wasn't nailed down. We sent a messenger to the capital late yesterday, hoping we could uh, get down the mountain. You know, maybe he'd make it safely in the low light. Uh, but I mean, I figure help should be coming any minute now. I swear, it's just a couple of days ago we done sent him down. But we really don't got much of nothing. Warehouses, that's where we kept it all, and, and days empty. Days real empty. It's been a real pinch point for this town. And Mr. Glenn, some of that information is rather disheartening. I won't lie to you. I wouldn't do that to someone of your countenance. But uh, now that last part there sounds rather negotiable there. Uh, it sounds like you have some very large spaces where... A number of objects, or in this case, people, could be placed, and there's currently nothing occupied in those spaces. Now, who could we talk to see about maybe renting one of those warehouses for the evening? Hmm? See, we can get some money back in this town here, and perhaps we can talk about some of those other issues here. We could be of service, I think. Uh, uh, rent! Rent! <laughs> they want to rent it! <laughs> And he turns back to you and he says, you know, Dried Shields only a little less than half a day from here, but you can rent the warehouse if you want. Y'all that tired? It's only a little mountain on the way up here, you know. And uh, I might tell you that we have had quite a day, I think. Yes. Well, I spec ain't nobody gonna say nothing if y'all step on in there. At some points, uh, Graham, I think, maybe even looks at Tyler or Slash. Uh, because I don't, as a myself as a person, I don't have any trouble, but I kind of like the idea if Graham thinks that this person's accent is a little thick and indecipherable at times. So I think I like look at Slash and be like, you did say that they're free, right? Yeah, he did. 
I gave him a thumbs up. I just like just side. Perfect. So with that, you know, Glenn's Glenn's kind of weaving on his stool there. He's ripped that cough out cap, cap. Excuse me. Ripped that cap off the second bottle. Ripped that cap off the second bottle, and he's he's you know taking a couple of swigs there as you're finishing up talking. And so you flash that thumbs up back. Do you have anything else to say? Because he's not like he's not talking on his own. You definitely right, feel like he needs a problem. Um, I think yeah. Well, I think I'd sort of run through like a mental checklist again and be like, what are our priorities? Like, we need a place for our our people to to rest. Um, and a warehouse is perfectly suitable when you got thirty people. I was I'm assuming that just from eyeballing the longhouse that I, that they would not have enough rooms for thirty people. So yeah, no, you're. Just from an eyeball, definitely not. The longhouse, if it is empty, looks like it could house ah, two per room. Maybe it could get up to 16 people, 14 to 16. Yeah, that was sort of my assumption. And we could like probably triple bunk them or something like that. Like we could probably work something out. But if those warehouses are empty, you know, our, our people have been accustomed to, you know, just camping in the woods, basically, or, or in the wilderness. So I think the warehouse is, is perfectly a, a decent idea, especially if they like... This man seemed to imply that no one would care if we were just sitting in there. Sure. So, you know, if Graham, if you're going to head out and kind of eyeball one of these warehouses, is that is that where you're kind of what you're doing? Uh, I think we're making a note to do that. I think the other thing is just, um, you know, we're also looking at trying to find uh, material to repair the um, the truck that we do have on the back of the big rig. You know, we we do need supplies and I think he's probably putting together that, you know, there might not be anything really at all in this town anymore if the bandits took it. Um, yeah, but, go ahead um, and make me a smarts roll real quick. Yeah, I think he's at least going to ask the guy. I think he's going to be like, there's there's no current services or supplies in town, but no, let me make that roll for you. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> that is a crit failure, my friend. Yeah, that sure is. So crit failure on the dice. That's a one on the wild die and a one... On the stat or skill die, crit failure, and you ask him what? Uh, I think that I, I think like I think I set myself up perfectly already for this. It was like I think I have no idea what this gentleman has said. Uh, I think I like cannot decipher his uh, his accent, and so I think that immediately after I ask Slash for like confirmation of like you said, the warehouses are empty. Um, I ask him about supplies and whatever he says, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. So you ask him about supplies and he, he like spits back at you in his, in his drunken slur. And it's a dialect that you're not familiar with being from up North and Tolkien. And it, you, you just catch nothing. You catch absolutely nothing. Slash Tyler, you're standing, you know, or you're, you're down the bar slash you're standing Tyler. You're sitting at the bar just a little ways down. And you heard him say, there's nothing left here. You gotta go down and press you. And uh, and you kind of see Graham like standing there, like his head is shaking just a little bit, like left to right, like, ah, eh, ah, ah, Graham, you said they just don't have nothing. There we go. I think Graham's just like, okay, okay, yeah, 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 nodding along. And then he, like, out of the side of his mouth is like, thank you, slash. Translator. Translator for the drunk at the bar. So. The the next thing then if he if he tells us that there's like nothing in town um it's you know it's council time it's you know uh speak to the triumvirate 
and be like, okay, let's, we can definitely rest here for the evening. That's no trouble. Um, can probably at least get, you know, some food or drink and some friends. Um, but we really need to take stock of everything that was taken. We may not have much farther to travel, but we need to have something um, so that if anything does go wrong or if we're delayed for any other reason that we're not, you know, sitting there starving in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it also it also sounded that uh, he was saying that Pride Shield is is only uh, like half a day away. So um, that's the nice thing. So I think I think if we rest up tonight and and do some finalizing of repairs and stuff like that and see if we can get, like you said, some supplies just to make sure we don't end up in a real bad spot. <laughs> God, I would thanks. <laughs> you could you could really stop drinking that. I don't think anyone's going to be offended. Uh, but um, also, uh, I don't I don't know if I 100% trust the distance calculation of the regular drunk at the bar. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I'll I'll flag the bartender down. Uh, sure. Uh, sir, uh, two things. Uh, one, uh, kind of heard, uh, uh, was it Glenn here? Uh, mentioned that Pride Shield's only half day away. Uh, can you, is that true or is that a little, uh, uh, that's as the crow flies or that's uh, with a really fast horse or, you know, what is that? What is that distance away from here? The bartender has bags under his eyes, but his eyes are not bloodshot at all. And just, uh, you know, at a guess, you'd say he's definitely just tired and not actually drunk. And he looks you in the eyes as you ask him the question. He's like, oh, yeah, Pride Shield is uh, four, maybe. Look, it's probably about three and a half hours away if you were to power walk it. But she's about four, four, four and a half hours away getting down the mountain there. You get on a fast horse, two, maybe two and a half hours. Right. Perfect. Thank you very much. I appreciate the confirmation. And secondarily, the the what, <laughs> what we've been been drinking here. Uh, what do I what do I owe you for that? That's uh, you. You don't. You. Is that a glitter boy outside? Is that is that that power armor? Is that is that a glitter boy? Uh, that's definitely glitter boy armor. Yep. And uh, <laughs> definitely mine. You drink for free, my friend. But that second bottle that uh, old Glenn there's got, you, you owe me about $10 for that. Okay, I can uh, I can pay for that. Uh, and thank you very much for uh, the first bottle. I'm not, not sure exactly why it's free, but, uh, but okay. I appreciate it. You're not sure? You're not sure. Are you a Glitter Boy I, pilot? I think, I think Graham is going to like slip his hand like or his arm around uh, Tyler's shoulder and be like, uh, our 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 brave hero here is just humble you know he he's so accustomed to his position uh if you will that uh it just doesn't register for him make no mistake this this man here is uh is a hero is uh uh you know a uh, uh, head and shoulder above the rest you know he's he is the the pilot there and he is uh just uh, a force of nature bartender taps it you know finger lays a finger against his nose says i see you're a humble boy yeah now that first bottle's free for any glitter boy that comes through my little village here up in north pass y'all are fine and i'll take that ten dollars most kindly sir y'all gonna head down to town or y'all gonna move over to a warehouse here i heard you talking to old glenn town's right around the corner we're, we're still measuring our options i think we're, we're we're weighing our our options here. We we may stay uh here or press on. It's uh 
We're not certain yet. Tyler, you going to pull out that money and give the man his due? Yep, yep, absolutely. Fantastic. All right. So the three of you are at the bar, Tyler, you have slid 10 bucks across the bar there. You definitely have some small bills, though most of your money is on a, a credit chip that you keep close to your heart. Um, what are, so the three of you, we kind of have the scene set here. What's the, what's the decision of the group? Uh, real quick, um, before we like collectively work on our, our plans, does Graham, I, I would think that he might have an idea. Does he understand what it means for, for Tyler to have this armor and like the history and legacy of all that? Yeah. Especially being an academic at Tolkien, Graham, you recognize what the Glitter Boys mean. You know, you you were a college student, which means that you were working through... Did we discuss, uh, are you college, like... College administrator, please, sir. Uh, college administrator. Were you one year, two year, three year? How, how, you know, how long had you been working at the college? Were you tenured? What what are we looking at? Uh, I think we, we had talked about uh, the, the fact that Graham was, has been there for some time, like... Um, probably not originally from Tolkien, um, but like, you know, mi migrated there, got a position with this college and has been with them. I'm going to suggest for like, you know, close to a decade, enough to have been known there. Yeah, Graham was definitely a well-known face. So you had been there. Okay, you'd been there probably close to a decade, let's say nine years, give or take, which is a, a healthy stint. You know, after about two years anywhere, you're known by everybody for whatever it is you're handling. So you definitely know what Glitter Boys are about. Just from general knowledge, and then also at the war at Tolkien, you know, Glitter Boys aligned with Tolkien in the fight against the Coalition. For the Coalition, Glitter Boys are shoot on sight, because you were freedom fighters from North America in the, I believe it was called the American Empire, free rifts. And then when the rifts began to tear open, etc., you know, Glitter Boys were the, the last line of defense between the normal humans and what was coming to Earth as we know it. So you, you're aware. Bottom line, you're aware. Okay, yeah. And then the follow-up sort of that is, would I think that that would cause that Tyler not knowing or, or not seeming to pick up on why he's already a celebrity, um, I think that would probably raise a little bit of suspicion of like, where did you come by this? Like how... Like, maybe you're not, you know, part of this chain of custody of these these power armors in the same, like, did you, if he, if he doesn't know what that's all about, that that would, like, that would be a question that needs to be answered, so to speak. I would, I would so immediately I think... temper that with Rift's Earth is incredibly fractious and chaotic, and there are absolutely instances where a father, a mentor... A instructor could, you know, not have passed on everything that they needed to to fully induct someone in any field, be it glitter boy, magic user, what have you. You definitely ran across a number of magic users who were like, I know I have this talent, I know what I can do with it, but I don't know what it means to be this person. Sure, sure. I, and I'm, I'm tracking what you're saying there. I think. That aside, that knowledge aside of like how things can get passed, I think it would still be something for Graham personally to be like, you don't know about this? That's weird to me because Graham 
needs to know about the things that he's involved in. Like Graham does research. Graham is curious. That's one of his his hindrances. He has the the major hindrance, curious. Like he has to know the answers to these things. He has sure. to know the secret, the history, the mystery, whatever it is. Um, and the thought that other people don't is probably not something that he can really wrap his head around. Like the, if somebody could just be like, yeah, I got a suit of power armor from, you know, my instructor he left it behind or like whatever the thing is the idea that they didn't ask more questions is like anathema to graham um uh so i think uh that's probably come up later but the one thing that uh graham would do is like let's discuss this outside you know let's discuss this you know not in the middle of this room with people sure sure so we are we are outside the doors of the saloon unless tyler slash you have something closing Slash, do you do you grab that bottle off the bar as you head out? Yeah, I'm gonna take that with me. Yeah, I bet. Uh, so, all right, we're standing on the porch. We've spoken to the bartender. We've spoken to Old Glenn. The refugees. What are we? What are we going to do with the rest of the afternoon? It's about one fifteen in the afternoon here. You know for a fact that Pride Shield is about a half a day away. Uh, for your refugee train, probably four and a half, maybe five hours. Just a little bit over half a half a day's work way. Half a day's travel. What are we doing for the afternoon slash evening? Uh, I think Tyler would, uh, since they said, yeah, just go ahead and use the um, warehouses. He, you know, gets out there and he's like, all right, I'm going to go check out the warehouses because, you know, (laughs) I I think this is hilarious that both Graham and Tyler both have the curious uh, hindrance. Um, and he oh, immediately, you have it too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so I immediately ah, ah, go ah, to ah. each and every warehouse and I am looking through absolutely everything that's in there. And like they said that the bandits came through and took everything. So he's like looking what's in there, what looks like was in there. Um, and starting to yeah, take it's stock. It's really funny that you say that because that is exactly the same like mindset that I was going to go with next for Graham for <laughs> is get in those warehouses and try to like reverse engineer like what was probably in here. <laughs> so you're like the two of us just immediately, okay, we got to go check this out. And we immediately we- just leave Slash standing on the porch as we run into the warehouse. It's like, what was in here? And yeah, and like you know how I was doing the like recreating the the clipboard like the the <laughs> roster as I was walking across the street. I've now pulled out another memo pad to do like an inventory list for the warehouses. Like, yeah, I think as completely different as we are in other ways and in many other respects, I think this is a moment where we just absolutely get in sync <laughs> and we're going through the warehouses together. And like, I'm pointing out like shelves or like sections of the warehouse and be like, what do we got over there? What do you think that had, you know, like, it's gotta be like, we're doing a back and forth. And, and Tyler, you know, one of his comments is as we're going through there, he's looking at what you're doing with your, your clipboard. And he's like, I have got to get me one of those. I think I produced like a third one, <laughs> like a, just a little, I think he's got like several like memo pads functionally, like just those little tiny ones on him, like at all times. And so like whips out one, just like, absolutely. And like tries to hand it over. Oh, I take it and just start doing the same thing you're doing, just writing down everything. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be so useful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And while, and while this is going on, Slash is just outside on the porch just leaning against the railing, just like, yeah, well, they can do that. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to relax. And I'm just going to take a minute and breathe. <laughs> I love this. Slash takes out one of his pistols and just starts wiping it off and cleaning off the dust. 
I feel like, so we've got the railing of the bar, the bottle of whiskey is setting on it, probably about half empty by this time, and Slash is just, you know, he's got probably three pistols laid out on the railing, and he's starting to, you know, wipe off, he's pulled a little bottle of oil out of his one pocket, and he's cleaning off his pistols, and um, the the warehouses, you, you two are going through that, and we're about, a, we're a couple minutes away from the close of our scene here, and of our session, because one of our players has to step away. We try to keep this to two hours for our, our listeners here. And so we're going to close, I think, on this. This is just too great. The handoff of the legal pad between Ram Eiler as they go through the three warehouses and get the refugees settled. Ram, or excuse me, Slash standing on the porch of the bar. Super casual on the porch. He is could not be more relaxed. And he's got firearms laid out and he's just starting to oil them down. And I think that's where we'll end.